how many shares will you give up when you have a baby? And I was like, what? Like, how dare you? My co-founder was had basically just had his first kid. You have sometimes these moments when you when somebody says something like this, and you know, it's like it's obvious you should you should have a really good movie response, and you're just yeah. kind of shocked, shell shocked. Yeah. And um, that was one of those moments for me, to be honest. And I, that's maybe a moment I regret. I have like a lot of responses made up in my head yeah. in the meantime. But yeah. This is Female Business Angel Podcast. Your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick. We're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. Hi, we are here at the Sunny Sin Venture Studio. It's a beautiful day. And after the third intent, we finally made it. So we are here. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Katja. <laughs> Great to have you here. Uh, we uh, bumped into each other at the Marantix AI campus, uh, which you are, where you are the boss or one of the bosses. Uh, and... You are an active angel investor. You're, you're very active everywhere. Please tell us about yourself. What are you doing? What have you been up to? And um, yeah, I look forward to getting to know you. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katja, also for the invitation. I'm, yeah, my name is Nicole Büttner. I'm uh, originally an economist by trade. And now um, I'm basically, I'm the founder and CEO of Marantix Momentum, which is an AI service provider. We build scalable solutions for all sorts of companies across Europe. And I'm also a, a managing partner and, um, and uh, yeah, investment committee member at Marantix, which is an AI first venture studio where we build um, companies that rely on data and AI driven business models and sort of seed, yeah, pre-idea founders, I would say, okay. and finance them up until Series A. Yeah. So do you provide ideas to the founders or do the founders come with ideas already to you? I would say it's a mix. I okay. would say everybody obviously has their own story and they come with their own background. So if somebody starts off in biochemistry, it uh, would be unusual that they end up somewhere in legal compliance. Um, so usually people have ideas and they have a background, some expertise, and then we... Um, ideate together and validate business models. I mean, as you know, like just because you have an idea in some area to find the exact business model mm. and how you want to have an operating model, etc., and how that would exactly, how you exactly build the tech yeah. stack is still uh, debatably, even in the first one or two years, still um, subject to change yeah. <laughs> when you're building a company. So yeah, we're, we're there to accompany founders on that, on that path. And there has to be a product market fit as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so is it like comparable to Antler or Entrepreneurs First or is it a very different uh, model? I would say it's, um, we know Antler, we know Entrepreneurs First. I think they're great organizations. I would say it's a little bit different because we have less volume. Mm -hmm. So we have a more intense and less, less, I would say, structured process in the sense that we look what each founder sort of needs and we have a bit more time. I mean, we just have we just have less volume and we also have a higher capital amount of capital that we deploy. So 
And it's, a, I think it's a longer time frame as well. It's, it's a longer time frame, yeah. I mean, our and, under, our, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, Antler and Entrepreneur First, it's like a three, two, three month process. And yeah. with us, it's more like six, six okay. months, nine months. And then... Okay, okay. Exciting for... Yeah. Uh, sounds like a very good pipeline sourcing, maybe potentially for angel investment <laughs> deals. For how long have you been doing that? And uh, did you get one of the of your angel investments out of the... Uh, Marantix um, venture builders. Um, so actually, I um, I have not gotten one of my investments out of the Marantix angel uh, out of the Marantix pipeline. To be very honest, not um, yet. <laughs> not yet. It's probably only a matter of time. That's true. Um, I started angel investing. I was actually trying to think which year this was. I want to say it was 2018. A Swiss company focusing on software for childcare centers. Mm-hmm. Um, so to give ch to give parents more flexibility um, and a whole user interface and everything, um, and that was uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I liked it a lot. I didn't have kids back then, but uh, yeah, in Switzerland at least, it's a it's a very big market. You understood the problem. Yes, I yeah. understood the problem, and I and yeah, and I mean, I knew the founder, and I wanted to get involved, so it was not a was not a huge ticket, but it was yeah. uh, meaningful to me and my first uh, investment. But you started, so it's software for kindergartens or... Yeah, uh, for, for like, child care centers, yeah, exactly, okay. in kindergartens. Yeah. Okay, okay, like B2B and or for parents, more like parents. Yeah, so the buyers yeah. would be, so it's B2B to C, I guess, because okay. the buyers are <laughs> the buyers are parents, but then you have the, um, the parents who are the actual users. Okay, how did it work? Um, uh, it worked, um, it worked pretty well. In the end, it didn't, I mean, in the end... It's still a functioning business, so it still exists. It, I would say it's not a unicorn now, so yeah. uh, it didn't uh, that didn't work out. Um, but it's yeah, I mean they're 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 they have quite wide adoption across Switzerland, and you know, for yeah, them it's a good company. It's, yeah. it's a it's a good solid company, but it's yeah. not it's, it's, it didn't um, didn't fund my pension yet. Yeah, <laughs> but so first ticket was not like a failure. It was no, a no, no, good no. solid. I business. already got my capital <clears throat> back, and I still have a stake. So all yeah. Good. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and uh, do you support them as an advisor or did you support them in the very beginning? So this coincided a little bit with my journey into AI, right? Today I'm, I'm working very much at the border of um, like trying to get AI really into adoption and implementation and mm -hmm. do this through my investment role and also through the, through the role with, my, with the software provider. And then I was just sort of... Um, Starting to, I just moved out of a job in a, in a, in a niche in machine learning and tech and, and, and sort of auction theory, very, very niche and um, was just starting my own first company in Zurich. And um, I was not quite in a position yet to give that much advice on the tech side, um, or at least I wasn't daring enough, let's put it that way. Um, so I had more ideas and concepts around business models and how to approach maybe the market and so on. That we were sparing on. I think I didn't see it back then as giving advice, but more having conversations around yeah, the topic. And I, I thought it was fa fascinating and I, you know, I wanted to learn more and I wanted to obviously uh, give input. And yeah. I was also asked to do that, which was which was great. Um, but that, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. So, and you're an economist by training, right? Mm. So you started in St. Gallen. Are you mm. from Switzerland originally? I'm actually yeah. from Germany. Okay. So I'm so half you. German, half Jamaican. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time in Switzerland. Yeah. And uh, yeah, studied in St. Gallen and Stockholm and Stanford. And Oh, wow. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, cool cities in. What was your favorite? I think phew, that's tough, honestly. I think it, everything was good for me at that time, right? I was pretty young when I went to college. So St. Gallen is kind of a small you know, mm. university college yeah. town. So that was good. And then obviously Stockholm is beautiful and bigger, 
Metropolitan. And then, I mean, Palo Alto was just, a lot was happening there. Yeah. So I mean, that was still an MBA? Or... No, I was there at the econ department doing research. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was cool. And I mean, yeah, everything, all these three cities are great and dear to my Yeah, life. yeah. So no regrets. You would do it again. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so then you you worked at, as a hedge fund portfolio manager in Paris as well. You mm. worked with the Nobel Prize winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a not very linear biography, I would say. <laughs> But that's great. Yeah. yeah. I tried to get into development economics actually initially, and I got my first job offer, and then I realized I don't want to, I don't have it in in me to move to Africa, and I then started looking where I could apply my skill set moved to that hedge fund okay. That's in Paris, different. which was, yeah, which yeah. was very, very different, but yeah. I desperately didn't want to move back home. <laughs> so I looked for a job and that was great. And then, yeah, as I said, I did some research in Stanford and I, one of my professors there has a tech um, company and yeah, I worked, That's how you I worked got there for AI. about three years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, but so, uh, I mean, before we started uh, to record this podcast, we were talking about our young kids. So did you have a dream as a kid? Whom did you want to be when you when you grow up did you have uh, did you want to be like an astronaut or like I don't have one of those answers I always no. I always thought it was admirable because I had a very close friend in school and she always knew she was going to be a doctor and a yeah, surgeon and she's today she's a super successful doctor and surgeon I was like wow she really yeah. knew early on I had no idea what I wanted to become I mean I I thought I started sewing when I was 10. I wanted to become a designer. And then I asked my mom to have a sewing machine. And then like two years later, I wanted to become an architect. So I never had this fixed point. Yeah. And then I, I you know, I studied economics. So I ended up That's a different. generic thing. And your parents allowed you to like follow your curiosities and uh, just experiment. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's really great. That's super cool. So yeah, now you're like very active entrepreneur, investor, both member. You are also uh, lecturing at at the university, mm. right? You're like back to back to the roots. Um, how do you how do you juggle all this, and what do you enjoy the most? Mm. What's driving you? I yeah. think you know. I think um, two things: um, the lecturing, for example. I mean, two things that tie it together. I would say mm. one is curiosity. I'm just always curious to learn more things, and I always thought after university. It's, It's hard to just focus on one thing, right? And and uh, always wanted to learn more. And that's also what I find fascinating about tech. And the second thing is also um, like paying it forward and giving back. I think I'm, I don't know, it sounds silly when I say it like this, but I, I, I would say I'm, I'm a very loyal person and I and I um, I want to give back to communities that, that have nourished me and I'm super grateful and, and feel very privileged that I've been part of so many rich ecosystems and, and communities. And I try to, paid forward to the next people yeah. who are there and just kind of like sponges soaking up everything that that, that, that people do. So, for example, yeah, St. Gallen, I, I lecture sometimes. I'll be like a personality in residence there so you can kind of go back and curate a program there and interact with students. And I'm, I'm just super happy to do that and, and curious also what comes out of this interaction. Yeah. What, what do you, what's the most surprising thing you take like from interacting with this like growing gen you know with this the, with the next generation with the younger generation how reflected people are i'm just so impressed mm -hmm. honestly i have the feeling i mean you heard my biography it sounds a bit random um <laughs> but, but i think <laughs> it's good <laughs> no i'm, I'm very I happy how, very how it went I, i don't have yeah. any regrets but i have to say when i was 17 18 i had i didn't have that level of reflection when i was choosing my studies and um i was a bit more naive i think and and i'm just really uh, consistently impressed with with people also joining my team or investments or students I interact with how 
mature they are, also thinking about their actions and how it, how they impact the world, etc. So, wow, yeah, that's the future very... of our planet and society, yes. and how to minimize the negative impact. Yeah, we are yeah. Yeah, living behind. I agree. I'm, I'm so impressed yeah. by that. And... Yeah, I also think like some like, most of the times you learn more from younger people than. Yeah, from like people your age or like older ones. So I think it's very, it's incredible. So yeah, paying it forward, like going back to angel investment. So the first one happened, it was a friend of yours. You were starting your own entrepreneurial journey. He was starting his, so you angeled in and you were like a bit of aspiring partners, mm. like giving and receiving and learning from each other. Um, so what happened next? Because you have a few angel investments where you're an active angel investor, mm. combining it with all other things. Mm you are doing. Uh, what are what are other investments? How did you pick them? How did they happen? Mm. What, what's your investment focus? Yeah, usually, mm. I mean, I try to, um, now that I've, I have a more, I would say, established expertise or something in the mm. AI and tech sector, I, um, I, I basically, uh, also in all my other activities, try to understand how can we use technology to do something good in the world, something with a purpose. So I'm usually often asked and approached in scenarios where technology plays a role. So um, those are often investments where I can add a lot of value. And that's uh, kind of also part of my approach. I, I like to also be a little bit involved and be able to give something beyond yeah. the capital. Um, and that's where people often see value. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm also driven a lot by, you know, giving it back to and, and paying it forward to women. And so um, often I, I also invest in diverse teams, but not exclusively, to mm. be very honest. So I also have, uh, so this first one was, for example, a male founder. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to start somewhere. And I mean, it's, if it's a great idea and great founder, you cannot uh, do like positive discrimination, right? <laughs> exactly. So but I yeah. think it's really cool because also a lot of um, founders are like, no, mm. I want some female um, experts and female capital on my cap table. So, yeah. um, and, and I like that. Very determined also. Again, uh, but also male founders, they yeah. so now they, they they realized okay, like even if we are like a male only team and the product is not necessarily like something for women, they explicitly would love to have some female angels on the cap table and investors, and that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast also to shine some light on the many European female business angels that are out there, so so people would know and listen to their voices and see okay, like. There are there are female business angels and exactly and you can yeah. find them all here on this podcast. For yeah, sure. not all of them, not all of them, <laughs> but just, soon all of them. <laughs> just, yeah, that, well, that's not the goal, but just just like the small selection and also to realize like how how different the expertise areas are and like what they can contribute and just just to know where to search maybe because there are like different venture builders, organizations, like I don't know, like scouting programs and. Um, There is Alma Angels, for example, in the UK, Evangelistas in Germany, there are angel, Angels for Women in Italy. So in France, it's Sister. So it's like in every single country, there is kind of a, like a union for female business angels or for um, active like women executives who want to give back and support other women. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. What uh, So what kind of ideas do you like, do you like to... Um, support and so for example the uh, last uh, the, my last angel investment um, is uh, is in Ecomio and that's basically a founding team that's trying to encourage employees to do more um, environmentally friendly uh, business travel okay. right? so it's in the climate tech space it's 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 using sort of um, technology to build something like uh, 
the miles and more, but not uh, for for mm-hmm. for air travel, but for ec- ecologically friendly travel. And I think that's that's a that's a really great example of having really clever, smart founders thinking about how can we create positive impact, how can we leverage technology, and having a lot of drive and passion for the topic. And that's typically, you know, that's where I'm I'm lucky to to be able to give some value to talk about you know things like oh how do we build a tech team? How do we? I mean, it's very practical stuff, right? When you start out, sometimes that is that can just save you yeah. a lot of time. Um, how do we build a tech team? How, how would our f- hiring focus look like? You know, um, what profiles did you find more useful, senior or juniors, or and even the different tech profiles, etc. How would you go about that? And and yeah, I mean, I still people and yeah, remember how I asked myself those questions, so I can understand. You know, when you have like at least three or four people that are, who are informed about this, and you can say, hey, my three cents that just saves you a bunch of time, and it's. Yeah, it's and great it, also to use that knowledge to benefit somebody else. Sometimes yeah, you made these experiences very painfully, and <laughs> yeah, and then that's a shortcut, right? Yeah, so exactly. You can obtain. Yeah, that sounds like good. So, so sounds sounds very good. So, so you are basically you have a venture builder. Are you involved there, like operationally? Do you have to um, babysit all the all the teams that are cooking AI ideas, <laughs> and and then you are also involved with your angel investments. Um, so I'm involved. Yeah. I would say in the in the Marantix Venture Studio, I'm involved in the in the selection of, of entrepreneurs, okay. and then in the process of sparring and finding the idea, and then also in, in the investment committee when we actually mm-hmm. um, give capital. And my team um, and me were also involved in sort of um, especially technical feasibility. So sparring on a technical level. Yeah. Often they're quite complex business models as well, and just kind of understanding how can we from a technology side, Reality really tech. tackle this yeah. and, and, and what do we really need to build, um, yeah, to build sustainable um, USP, etc. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, that's great. I think it could be also interesting to use AI for deal sourcing, right? To yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah, there, it's already been done. Equity so. Ventures, for example. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but also others. Yeah, there are... Um, Yeah, I mean, this is something that's obviously, um, uh, yeah, that seems quite like an obvious use case to to try to understand what's going out in the world, trends, etc., and latest funding rounds, um, and so on. So yes, you can build these these sourcing tools. Um, yeah. What What do you think? What's the most exciting uh, use case for for AI? Like right now or in the future, what's the most scariest one? Maybe. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I, guess I mean, scary, right? I mean, now um, this year we're all um, uh, in the real world very scared about um, yeah things that have been long not so present on the European continent war. And I think when you think about the application of AI in in that domain, it can be really comforting and reassuring, yeah. right? Um, and it can be really scary at the same time. And that's I would say exactly this double-edged sword mm. sword that we're that we're working with. And it depends on who's deploying it. So I think, you know, in like thinking about, um, yeah, offensive, um, offense use cases in, 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 yeah, in the military uh, space, that could be scary quite fast. Um, I think I'm really excited about use cases in, for example, the healthcare sector, pharmaceutical sector, because we want to improve the standard of care so dramatically. Mm. And the resources, as we know, are limited, right? Our healthcare systems also funding wise have, just have limits. Mm. Uh, that's just the real world. And uh, with AI, we can sort of speed up uh, medi- uh, like the development of drugs. We can um, create higher levels of personalization of drugs. And I think that's really exciting, right? When you think about people with really rare diseases or even the functioning of drugs in the human body, yeah. right? I mean, um, 
eventually we could maybe come to the point where we really develop a drug just for you, right? Yeah. That works best for your body and your conditions. And I think that's just really promising. Yeah, actually, so my neighbor is a, she, he's, a, he's a cancer researcher and a well-known one and like a professor and a doctor. And we were talking about that. And he, he told me that the breakthrough will not come through the invention of like one single cure, but through the uh, analysis of data with machine learning and personalization like, with the help of AI. So it, it's about like, Uh, determining, like, deciding, defining, like, what type of cancer a person has and what is the suitable drug for that, which can be, like, totally personalized. So I, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I hope we will still experience that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's also um, interesting in every other domain where you, with limited resources, want to create a more personalized and scalable impact. So you can You know, think about education. I think that's a really interesting use case. Not that I think, you know, children should only learn from machines. Mm. There's also scientific evidence that they learn really no. well from humans. But, yeah, not but still, yeah, mm. but still, um, you know, you can think about personalizing and, and scaling and, and also the environment, you know, when you think about limited resources and how we want to get the most out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I also think it's yeah, it's very fascinating. So this sounds so 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 your spectrum of interest is very very broad, like in terms of like professional and personal interests. So so are your angel investments, right? You also backed a cosmetics company. I think mm -hmm. you told me mm -hmm. like, it's like personalized skincare. So mm -hmm. yeah, a bit like a touch. So travel, childcare. So it's a very broad spectrum. Yeah. So so do you have a specific uh, investment focus, or are you looking for certain traits in entrepreneurs and in the founding teams that are like, I, I mean I, I think that I think that the technology mm -hmm. angle is kind of the obvious common denominator where I think mm -hmm. um, that I've now crystallized for mm -hmm. myself where where I'm I can also I mean right you also need to understand the company and the business model right I don't feel Perfect. comfortable with things where I'm completely swimming and I don't mm -hmm. understand it because I want to have a real commitment mm -hmm. and I think that that's why that that makes a lot of sense for me to focus on that and um And I think that's also what, what then the founding teams find valuable. I think that's what you need to find or everybody as an angel, or like that's been my experience at least, that I kind of wanted to find that intersection of what I find interesting, but what's also useful for others. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that I'm happy with. And then obviously I feel very um, passionate. I mean, especially in the tech sector, diversity is key because the counterside of building scalable solutions is that a small group of people Build software and a product that, that a large amount yeah. that, that a large amount of of, of people use, mm. and we're all biased as human beings, mm. and um, that's something we can't avoid. And it, ingraining that in a system, in a software system, and deploying it to potentially millions or billions of users, mm. that's where you want to you want to be careful. And that's why I think diversity in the tech sector is especially important, um, as it is in. in in all other sectors, by yeah. the way. But um, yeah, that's why it's dear to my heart. So that's the box you try to tick, like when mm. searching for your investments. Do you search proactively for them or are they approach you or do you work with VCs? So what, what's the I think it's um, it's a bit of a mix. Um, but to be honest, I don't have that much time at the moment mm. um, to source actively. Uh, I would like to much mm. more. So I try to try to kind of observe what's going on. But then I'm also, I'm, I'm lucky sometimes I'm being approached and, Right, I mean, 
I, I speak to you, I speak to other friends, and mm. right, you're on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I listen to the podcast, right? Sure. And then you yeah. kind of get to get log to, out of your LinkedIn afterwards. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then you know there there are people writing oh. to you on LinkedIn and mm. saying, "Hey, um, you have this idea. Can you can you have mm. a look?" And that's really great because then I can I can interact. Yeah, that's really cool. And so you've started to enter invest in 2008. So it's been like a trajectory of yeah, four years. Uh, have you seen any any trends or changes in their like ideas that people are pitching or maybe there are more diverse founding teams now than four years ago. Mm. Is there something you contemplate, you observe that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are more like I, projects. Or, yeah, I think the diversity is higher and okay, I think there's cool. there are two trends at least that I see. Um, I would say much more climate tech mm. and a lot more female focused um, founders, a lot more femtech as well. Which I would say, I mean, maybe I was looking in the wrong places as well, but I, mm. I did not see that four years ago, yeah. to be honest. Or I, I wasn't as aware of it. And I think that's great. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, not only can products be biased, but also there are some products that will never be built because um, yeah. people don't understand uh, mm. one of the largest user groups in the, the world, women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like half of the planet. So women yeah. building for women, that's uh, that's comforting. That's something we would love to hear yeah. <laughs> at this podcast. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually good. No, so our thesis is also here that if uh, if there if there are like more angel investors or just like women giving back, like paying it forward, so there will be more other women daring to build something for women or in general something like they realized, okay, this is what we want to have, and uh, let's let's just build it and mm. do it. So, so this is why we started mm. uh, this. Um, Yeah, this format. And and for me, it was also an experience. Oh. I, I When I started my first company in Zurich, actually, it was cash flow positive. Yeah, It was an expert platform. I I had no clear path, you know, um, to think, hey, I was going to raise capital. But I started this company. I had fun doing it. I thought, okay, how can I grow the company? So the next discussion was about how to raise capital. And um, one of the investors actually asked me, so how many shares will you give up when you have a baby? And I was like, what? Like, How dare you? My co-founder was had basically just had his first kid, and he was he was not, not asked this question. He was, I mean, no, and he was basically falling asleep, like with his eyes open, understandably so, you know. And, and, but nobody asked him that question, and I was completely shocked. And honestly, although I already quite, um, you know, had been in the professional life quite some time, I was still sort of uh, speechless. Right? I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Needless to say, I didn't. Um, I didn't take take capital from that investor. Ended up actually oh. not taking any capital, but um, but so yeah, I was still. I, yeah. I still felt this is just taking over. It's insane like that I'm yeah. being asked this. What did you What did you respond? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I was <sighs> because I was a little bit mad, right? Because yeah. like you have sometimes these moments when you mm. when somebody says something like this, and you know, it's like it's obvious you should you should have a really good movie response, and you're just yeah. kind of shocked, shell shocked. Yeah. And um, that was one of those moments for me, to be honest. And I, that's maybe a moment I regret. I have like a lot of responses made up in my head yeah. in the meantime. But yeah. Yeah, I would probably answer like, wow, I would put my baby on the cap table <laughs> with my shirts. <laughs> and I'm like the legal custodian until like he or she turns 18. Why? I mean, if something happens to me, my kid will inherit my yeah, shares anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. but I don't know, probably at this moment. Yeah, I don't know. The, the I was only unprepared for this. Yeah, wow. 
I was all prepared. Yeah. The only moment I had, I was an operator, an executive, and I got a promotion. So I went to negotiate this like million deal to a business partner. I walked into the room and we were a very small team, like, well, dynamic. The like Spotify was growing. It's crazy. So I walked in and he said, okay, where is your boss? I was like, well, I'm a boss now. I'm in charge of like this region and this part of the business. And we're going to negotiate the deal for this year. And I want to talk to your boss. So... And then another thing that happened to me was like, oh, how old are you? I was like 28. I was like, I'm 28. Oh, that's cute. That's like my daughter's age. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> Would you want somebody to tell that to your daughter? Right? I don't know. I was just like, yeah. mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting should, I, should I take it personally? Would, would he tell it to me if I, if I was a guy? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes you have these questions. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I also don't want to, <laughs> well, right? I think the narrative and, and also when, when I'm at mm. universities, um, I think the narrative should just be, you know, it's not as difficult as, you know, people maybe um, suggest to you. It is difficult enough, right? Yeah. Any entrepreneurial journey is difficult. Um, but, you know, women are just as educated, sometimes much better, um, and, and, and just as smart and just as business savvy. And, and you know, there's no reason. Um, actually, there's, uh, I, I believe, even evidence that female uh, found companies are even economically um, performing better. So, you know, all the reasons to connect to angel investors, to networks, and, and, yeah. and kind of just understand how, get the courage, get the get the support, and understand yeah. how you can be part of that. There, yeah, there are other statistics, so it's true. And um, I think it's up to also to the policymakers to, um, yeah, well, we have to have kids and we need your new generations and also men, like as your ex-co-founder fall asleep when they are young dads because everyone is sleep deprived with the, with the baby. And I think like our social politics has to work around that and it's just a stage in life and we all like women and men need more support and we cannot maybe work for 90 hours per week when we just had a newborn, but that doesn't mean we have to give away shares or just do nothing for a year or so. It also doesn't mean you have to go back to work like one week after having a baby. Maybe you can take some weeks or months depending on yeah. your preferences and your state of like health. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And um, you've mentioned at the beginning that you are really like positively surprised by the new generations. Do you do you feel there like this debate and this attitude towards like um, gender differences? It's ch is it changing or is it not like the topic for them yet because they are like in their twenties? And that's an interesting question. I mean, maybe I can reflect on my own journey. I think. Me in my 20s, at least when I was still at university, I was not aware of this issue. To be no. very honest, I thought this is all solved. Yeah. I'm here, I'm at university, I'm kicking ass. I don't know, yeah. I'm at this, you know, I'm going to the nice schools and yeah. I'm getting grades, you know. I'm playing with boys, yeah. Yeah, exactly, whatever, you know. So I, I thought, uh, this is solved. And then I started working and I realized, oh, uh, it's not solved. <laughs> okay. I started working in France. I thought it was very hierarchical, etc. And I... Um, oh, wow. I would think France is more like égalité. Yeah, égalité in my ass. No. Um, okay. so, <laughs> so there were a lot of uh, uh, slides, obviously, in the company presentation, what percentage of the workforce were women. But when okay. you look then at the investment professionals, I mean, I was the only female on our oh, wow. investment team. And, um, and then you've realized culturally that there were... Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. there were many practices where I would say that's they would be maybe potentially in legal trouble today. But, you know, back in 2008 when I started yeah. working, it was kind of still accepted. Um, or still common day practice at least. And for me, it was really important to then connect to women. And I, I think I've radicalized um, ever since, um, I would say, from the 
oh, I think it's a solved tool. No, we need quotas and we need to fix this because yeah. it's not fixing itself. So, so having the co-founded and run your own company and now also being in charge of Marantic's business. How what do you do to to make sure like do you have quarters in place or is it just by having like a kind of gender diverse executive team that you also make sure the like women and men are being treated equally. So the, mm -hmm. yeah so um We have about 30% women mm. in, in our company, which I would say we, we definitely want to improve at Marantic's mm. Momentum. Um, we find it also very hard, but, you know, we're trying to encourage. So if you're in the tech sector and the eye sector, you know, hit me up. It's um, uh, also trying to show... To we, exactly. Mm. You can be a parent uh, being in the company for, for women and for men, right? Because mm -hmm. what do we do if we if we just build, build stuff uh, like make it possible for women to be parents. That's also, yeah. right, on the other side of every man, there is a woman also in the company. So by making it parent-friendly also for the men, we also try to make it parent-friendly for their partners who might not be in our organization, but still that's important. Um, yeah, we do a lot of events on this. We we have a lot of, um, I would say, for the bias uh, perspective, we um, you know have ethics um, discussions and mm -hmm. mechanisms within the, within the company in place to ensure that we don't... Um, you know, fall, fall victim okay. to our own blind spots, mm. etc. But I would say um, we're not done as a company, even mm. though, you know, we're a female-led company. It's not, no. it's, I don't think it's work that's ever done, right? Because then, okay, then you think about male-female, but, you know, there are all these other diversity aspects that I think Absolutely. as an organization you, you just have to be mindful of. Diversity of backgrounds, thinking. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I Maybe we'll never be done, but I think that's also the whole point, to always be aware of it and yeah. keep pushing yourself. It's the journey, right? And we, we will try yeah. to contribute our tiny part to that. So, and um, the question we always ask at this podcast, it's a big one, a philosophical one, maybe it's too early in the morning to answer that. But if you could change just one thing in the world, just, I mean, there are lots of problems, what would it be? Like something big you would pick? Something if you big could I would it. pick? Yeah. I mean... Um, To be honest, um, I think I, I said initially I'm I'm sort of half Jamaican, half German, and I'm very aware of um, how lucky, like what a lottery it is where you're born in this world, basically, and the opportunities you get. And I think making an impact on the equality of opportunity, that's just, um, I think that's huge. And that it starts with very simple things like healthcare and then education. Because, I mean, the world is full of uh, bright minds and kind souls. And, um, you know, some of them are born in, in conditions that are just easier, right? Um, and to, yeah, to make potential. Yeah, exactly. And to make that a little bit more equal, I think that would be cool if, I don't know, some, someday I can look back and think, okay, I, I, made a, I made a small dent there. Yeah, I think it's a very noble mission. I mean, <laughs> especially for the education. Yeah. Or, Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your experience. And yeah, we look forward to hanging out at Morantic's Campus for the Very next good. women's breakfast. Very good. And, yes. Um, yeah, ethical discussions and all other great events and initiatives you are doing. We'll be yeah, following you on socials and um, in real life. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for the invitation, Katya. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.